Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Donner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, I'm not bad. So, Chris, we're back with a, a Soccer Saturday that we've not done in like a year, I think. Uh, the last one we didn't put up, did we? Uh, no, we never know. <laughs> like I said, no. a bit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, we've been, we're, this isn't a normal Scott Score episode because we've uh, been very busy with uni work, but we had to get something out there, so... We've not really prepped much. It's just going to be me and Chris just talking a lot of nonsense for the next hour. And there's uh, a lot of uh, exciting action going on in the SPFL, Chris. We'll go through the scores right now. Dundee United are winning 1-0. Hearts are winning 2-0 against Motherwell. And Graham Alexander got manager of the month. So the manager manager of the month curse continues. Uh, Livy are uh, getting beat off St Mirren 1-0. Graham, I think, is buzzing about that. And St Johnston are beating Dundee 2-0. Dundee, man, they're, they're not looking good this year, mate. Like, I said it at the start. I think they're going down. And Graham's like, no, no, they've got a good squad, mate. They've got a good squad. Yeah, but the players have got are past it. Lee Griffiths, Graham... Uh, no, no, Graham Dorn, sorry. Lee Griffiths, Charlie Adam. Yeah, I know Charlie Adam was good last year. Newsflash, it was in the championship. <laughs> and Jason Cummings, yeah. character, but he's not very good. <laughs> he's not very good. I think a lot of them are kind of riding their coattails of their glory days and getting one last shot at the top flight and make a bit of money. That's really what Dundee are all about this season, I think. Yeah, and uh, obviously we've got James Bitpake as a manager. I've never been a fan of him uh, as a player, uh, even as a manager as well. Um, I think the only reason they got promoted last year was because Kamarik were in an absolute mess. Um, and is uh, Tommy Wright still at Kelly? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like, I felt bad for Tommy Wright because <clears throat> I think Tommy Wright is a really solid, decent manager and he just inherited an absolute mess at Kelly, you know. Um, but like, I think Dundee definitely will go down. Um, I, the, like, see the hands will see if Dundee had a, a good, capable coach other than James Pake. Who knows? Things might be different. Um but I just don't have any hope from this year at all. But do, what about you? you? Do you see Dundee staying up this year? Um, well, I can seem to recall that the start of the season we've done our predictions and I think I gave them 11th. Um, but I think I'd go back on that now and say they'll probably finish 12th. I think it was County I said would finish bottom. Uh, yeah, and obviously they're getting table. beat 1-0 uh, off uh, United. And Dundee United, I have to admit, they've surprised me in this year. I thought... They were, they were going to be a sinking, sinking ship when, when they appointed the uh, courts. But uh, they're doing pretty decent so far. They beat us. Ended yeah, up, beat your unbeaten uh, one. Yeah, and obviously got a point at Celtic Park last week. Yeah, what, what was your thoughts on that game? Uh, I, um, I didn't see that result coming at all. No, I didn't at all. Um, obviously, it was meant to be um, my last league game before the vaccine passport came into effect, um, obviously. That's a bit of a shambles. Um, the international break next, it won't be till after the international break. We next have a home game, but um, yeah, alcohol is a bad thing. I'll just say that. Uh, and but I was in a sense, I was kind of glad that I was too ill and whatnot to go to the game last Sunday after what I watched on the Pass to Paradise. It was a woeful afternoon from Celtic. And uh, I seen James McCarthy got subbed off. How was he? See, a lot of Celtic fans are criticising him on uh, the old Twitter. Aye, it wasn't good at all. Not good at all. Yeah, like, 
It was a weird signing, to be honest, man. Like, see if you got him five years ago, it would have been a brilliant signing, but he's just passed it. Like I said to you uh, on the pod the other week, it's like it just reminds me of when we signed Graham Dorans. Graham Dorans, big Rangers fan, but we got him too late. His legs were completely gone. Same with McCarthy, big Celtic man. You, you just got him when he's passed it. Yeah, unfortunately, could have been something, but probably not the right point in his career to come to his boy, boyhood club. And obviously, we, we played Dundee last week, and safe to say, mate, it was an absolute slog. We did not play well, but we got the job done. Um, and we need to speak about it, Lee Griffiths in the news again, uh, Chris, um, for kicking a flare. I think it was, into the, the yep. stands. And he's been charged by the police and the SFA for it. What a mess of a individual, eh? Yeah, I thought he was going to go to Dundee and we'd be hearing less, speaking about him less, but somehow manages to stay relevant for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, eh, absolutely embarrassing, you know, and then... Right before the, the game, Chris Boyd dropped an absolute savage opinion piece on Lee Griffiths, just basically talking about how much of a train wreck he is. And apparently, from what you told me, Chris Boyd got banned from Dens Park because of that piece. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, I think the reasons for it um, was the whole thing he was saying about he thought he was big and smart, tying the goal celebrating in the stand eyebrows with a tricolour and tying a scarf to the goalpost. But um, karma catches up on him and he was going to get it stinking for 90 minutes. Um, he did. I thought at first that was, before I read the actual piece, I'd, I'd just been told about basically the gist of what Boyd had said. And the like when you click on an article, like the big main thing from it, um, so I thought that's a little bit of a controversial thing for him to say because he's basically implying that Cam was going to get him by getting abusing calls. Like you, you, know what I'm referring to. I'm not going yeah, to yeah, say yeah. it on here, but yeah, yeah, I'm not going to touch on that. But um, yeah, he says Rangers fans will tell him exactly what they think of him for ninety minutes, and I was like, hold on a minute. But then the next paragraph, he went on further, and he says not going to go into that. It's been well covered and doesn't need addressed here. So I think he covered his bases a bit better there, adding that bit in. Everyone knew what he was on about. Everyone knew, you know. And yeah. yeah, he's buying on the money. Karma is a funny thing and it's coming up to catch Lee Griffiths and he got it stinking for about 38 minutes before, in my opinion, he bottled it and he faked an injury to come off. I don't care what anyone says, right? He, he, he bottled it. And he couldn't handle the abuse he was getting. And it, I, honestly, I thought it was hilarious. Like, just seeing him just getting it stinking for how long he was on the pitch for. Then he got subbed off for Jason Cummings. And <laughs> Cummings uh, came on. He didn't really do much. Um, and uh, Dundee got a penalty. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, no, Jason Cummings is stepping up here. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, don't tell me it's going to be him. It's going to score against us because I always I like Jason Cummings because a funny guy in that and then uh, John, John McLaughlin saved it but, but after admit Chris it was a terrible penalty it was a terrible penalty you know um, so we got away with that one but the performance was bad so it was it was just oh. 
it was like one of those ones you're like, just thank God, you know, but I feel as though this season there's been too many performances like that where we're like, oh, thank God that's over, you know, job done. Yeah, just back to the penalty. Um, yeah. Do you think it was a bit of a blessing that Gr- Griffiths was took off or faked an injury or whatever? Because do you think if he'd been fired right up by getting all the... Because you can imagine the scenes he would... I've not seen it myself, but was it in front of the Rangers fans? Uh, yes, I think I think so. If I can recall, yeah, yeah, because because if can you imagine what it would have been like if it was like all the booze and all the name calling, taunting, and that, and they took the penalty in front of them, how fired up he could have been. But mind, mind the last time he took a penalty against Rangers, who uh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up. He should Edward. have took the penalty in that yeah. cup game, and Edward like absolutely effed it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You know, because. Obviously, I'm not a fan of Lee Griffiths in any way, right? But like, see, when it comes to him uh, on the penalty spot, nine times out of ten, he's going to bury it. You know, like he is a prolific penalty taker. You know, so if he was on the pitch, who knows? It might might have been different. And as you said, after him just getting absolutely terrorised <laughs> off the Rangers support, if he was still on, he would have been fired up, and he would have been determined to score that penalty. You know, but yeah, like Jason Cummings. Ugh. It's just a terrible penalty, you know, so we got away with that. And then yeah. uh, it was not a good night for the whole firm uh, in Europe at all, Chris, was it? No, uh, not at all. Um, no, uh, I, obviously Rangers lose to Sparta Prague and then you're basically getting pumped up by Leverkusen, who are a very good yeah. side, though. Yeah, there's a reason they're second in the Bundesliga, uh, Bayern Munich, who are one of the top teams in Europe, the way they're playing at the moment. But... Uh, yeah, realistically, I kind of knew it was going to be come to that, um, what an absolute doing, but there was that sense of optimism and then getting into the game and hearing uh, Cal, Cal McGregor's back and so is Kyogo, he's made it. So there was that wee bit of sense of hope and optimism present that this was, it was going to be one of those special European nights at Paradise and pull off a big result against a team like Leverkusen. Yeah, because I have to admit, <clears throat> Celtic started off well. Like Celtic had about two or three really good chances with Kyogo, and um, he, like I see things. What I like about Kyogo, like he, he's like, he is so quick and he gets into like space like really really well, you know. And I feel as though Celtic should build their team around Kyogo, you know. But I don't know what it is. It's even it comes to like big games when Kyogo's in front of goal. Just I don't know. I'll be at least I'll just say it bluntly. He bottles it. Like, I mean, I know he's done it against smaller teams in that, right? And don't get me wrong, I think he's a really talented player. But see, when it comes to those high-pressure, demanding games, especially in front of goal, that's where you need big characters to step up and bury those chances. And he didn't do it against Rangers, didn't do it against Leverkusen, you know? And then when Leverkusen took the lead, the Celtic players' heads went down and some of the players went into hiding. As soon as they scored, that was it. They felt as though that's it, game's done. Yeah, I thought um, we... Obviously, Leverkusen made a couple of shots in the opening minutes. Um, can't remember what side of the Kyogo chance the goal that got chopped off or offside was. But, yeah, um, the chance he had a few minutes in where chasing the ball down and he only had the keeper to beat and tap it in. It was a brilliant tackle from Jonathan Ta. He's a really good defender. Um, but it was like, you should be should be burying that. Got to be far more clinical and take these chances against them. Um, sides like this and then 
they had another, it was one-on-one against the keeper and Radetzky, um, I think he's a very underrated keeper, saved it with his leg and then if you don't take chances against teams like that, then they are going to punish you for your mistakes and we certainly got punished for a big mistake. David Turnbull letting it slip. I, I don't know how he made a, such an arse of that one. Yeah, like I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. <clears throat> I was like, why is he not just like being sensible and just like just clear it into the stands, you know? And then he slips and it costs Celtic badly. Tumble up, I don't know what's up with Tumble this year because last year he was the best out of a bad bunch, effectively. Um, and this year he's been woeful, he's been terrible. Like anytime I've watched David Tumble play, I've not been impressed this year. No, um, obviously, this mistake on Thursday had all the fans raging against him. And- that even before that and the rest of the game, he just could not string a pass together. Yeah, like, I don't know what it is. Um, something is obviously, like, up with him, you know, like, because, like, he's, it's fine doing it against the B teams and that, like, Dund- like Dundee, etc. But when when you're playing against uh, sides, like, you're speaking of Dundee, they're getting beat, f- uh, <laughs> they're getting beat 3-0, Stevie May just scored. Um, no, but, yeah, like, you expect players like that to turn up and, Callum McGregor, you know, obviously I think he's a very influential player at Celtic, but I just don't see him as captain material. I might be wrong, but what's your thoughts? Do you think he is? Um, I think he's certainly earned the role for his length of time and experience, and he would have kind of... Brown, Scott Brown would have served like his mentor, sort of moulded him for the captaincy. So uh, I think he's kind of got to be like our first-choice captain just now, but... Um, when he gets subbed off on Thursday, but take, I'll take that back a wee bit. Um, I think there was a better link between like the midfield and up front that opened up so much on Thursday, so definitely did miss him. Like the few weeks he was injured, so yeah, kind of liked what I was seeing. Like we were able to make the chances, we were just failing to take them. Be that extra bit clinical in front of goal. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Oh, sorry, when you go. Uh, but yeah, um, when he gets subbed off, um, Joe Hart was given an armband. Um, I do think it says a lot with someone with Hart with the club such a short space of time and he's already getting basically vice-captaincy with that sort of leadership role. Yeah, like, see Joe Hart, um, like that's a, he has made quite a number of de- uh, like decent saves, you know, but it's just he's letting in go after go after go and don't I'm not putting the the, com, the complete blame in him. He's got an absolute mess in front of him in terms of that defence, you know. But it's what would you make of it? How do you think Joe Hart has been? You know, do you think it's more the defence's fault and there's no really much he can do and he's just doing all he's all he can? It did make some top draw saves on Thursday night I felt and probably made that a bit less embarrassing. Um some of the goals like couldn't really do anything about it. Obviously, the penalty we'll talk a bit about more soon. Um, going the wrong way in that, but um, did make some saves in that and let down by the defence in front of him in that. Um, I think in the broader picture, um, he's doing kind of what he was brought in to do. Um, last year, Barkas and Bain, they were woeful not making the sort of saves that a Celtic keeper's expected to make when they're called upon, but... Um, yeah, it's slightly alarming the amount of goals that he is conceding despite kind of doing the job that he's been brought in to do quite well, I feel. 
I said it in the Scott School chat the other day, and I said it to Joe like during the game. I was like, right, see, in the summer, like, Posse Coglu got back with £25 million, right? I know Celtic players were leaving, and some of that some of that money was from those transfer fees, but Posse Coglu knew, right, this Celtic defence is horrific. It's a rebuilding job, but the, the first priority needs to be, I need to go out there and get capable, solid defenders. And let's be honest, he's not done that. He has been backed, you know, and I know Joe was talking about, oh, the scouting network's a mess, but I don't care about that. Postacoglu has contacts in the game. He's a professional football manager. He must know, right, the first thing I need to do is sort this defence out. I need to go out and get good defenders. And by the looks of it, that has not happened at all. You know, he's brought in Kyogo. He's been terrific for Celtic. But it's like you'd see players like Starfelt, who's Shane Duffy 2.0, you know, Carter Vickers. He scored one goal, obviously. That's not really... That's pretty irrelevant when it comes to being a defender, but he's not really impressed me at all. And I know you're, you're missing Julian, but like when he comes back, that'll be a, a big positive for you. But he needs to have someone solid, solid alongside him for them to for that Celtic defence to improve. You know, but what do you think? Do you think Posakoglu failed in that aspect in the transfer market by not going out and getting top quality defenders? Um. Don't know really. It's a hard one, isn't it? Um, obviously, he did get backed heavily and made a number of signings, and just seemed to fail to have hit the mark somehow. Yeah, like I, I imagine in January, Celtic will do the exact same thing again. Go out and try and get defenders, you know, because it's it's a very very alarming how many goals Celtic are conceding right now, and it, the Celtic defense is so easy to cut open. You know, like put it this see if Rangers, like, just say Rangers from last season were playing against a Celtic from like this season. I think this Rangers, well, the Rangers team from last year would have a field day with this Celtic defence, you know, because I actually think the Celtic defence last year was better than uh, this year. I think that's like, I think that's very easy to say, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like I never thought I would ever see the day, but I would actually say I would trust having Shane Duffy in my defence more than Starfelt. And Shane Duffy's doing all right at Brighton, so yeah, it's, I think he got man of the match all the week. <laughs> Aye, he's, I think he's had a few man of the match performances now, coming with that guy back and forget everything that happened last season, give the boy another chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like, like oh, I couldn't believe it, man. Like, when I seen him going back, going back down to Brighton, I was like, that's not going to last. And then, let's say, you know, he's getting man of match performances every week, but it just shows you, like, the pressure for playing for the whole firm. Like, not everyone can do it, you know? Because it's like, he's fine and dandy playing at, playing at Brighton, and you look at Joey Barton at Burnley, like, it's fine playing with those small clubs, but when you come up to Glasgow and you're playing for the whole firm, different kettle of fish. Like, all eyes are on you. It's like a goldfish bubble up here. Like, it's like the pressure is unbelievable. Yeah, and... Especially in Duffy's case, like he was a Celtic boy, boyhood club Celtic, and this was his big moment signing for them. And it was meant to be a marquee signing that would solidify the defence that would win the 10 and all this. So, obviously, come in with some heavy pressure on his shoulders and just couldn't, couldn't live up to it in the grand scheme of things. See, before we move on to uh, Rangers, um, see, what do you make of Possible Glue's? style of play 
I feel it reminds me a lot of Mark Warburton's where, like, he wants to play attractive football, but the thing is, so you need the players to play that kind of uh, that kind of style of football, you know. And he's not got the 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 players at his disposal disposal to do that, you know. Like, but he seems very set in his ways. He seems very stubborn, where he's not going to change it, you know. And do you think that could come back to bite him? Him being so stubborn, trying to implement his own philosophy and uh, his style of play, but he doesn't have the players at his disposal to do it. Absolutely, and you've got to wonder if that's how the board aren't giving him the sort of back that he needs to go out and get those kind of players that he wants. Um, like, if you look at the business we did, like, on paper, it's not like a bad transfer window we had, but it's not like the... It's not the sort of players we haven't seen the sort of players that, that fit the style of play that Possecoglu wants to implement, and that could ultimately be his downfall, as you've touched on. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, and uh, you see Neil Lennon is doing punditry for, for the game, so he was with uh, Paul Lambert. Um, <laughs> listen, I said, I need to get this tweet up for you. I was actually howling at it, right? Um, I didn't actually see the post-match interview. I looked for it on YouTube because obviously I was at the game and then in the pub after it, so I didn't get to see his comments. I've only like, read some of his comments, so this, this interesting to hear the full thing. This is hilarious, right? Um, a Celtic fan tweeted out saying, Neil Lennon analysing our game is like a guy who's crashed into your motor and then says to you how bad your driving was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, he was like, he, he was like, he, the stuff, some of the stuff he was saying was like that. That result was totally unacceptable, you know. And then he was like, pretty much having a, a dig at the players, you know. And I think he told, he holds a grudge against that group of players after what happened last year, you know. But yeah, again, it's like classic Neil Lennon. I don't think he wants to take any sort of accountability for the the shambles Celtic were last year, you know. And when it came to Fringpong, you can just tell he does not like him. Like he was. He was really like like going in hard on him in terms of in terms of uh, Frank Pong's defending, you know, and the way he was delivering it, it was like oh, you can tell they they just did not get on. You can see why Frank Pong jumped ship uh, in January this year. Yeah, and Frank Pong, um, think was mostly booze. I was hearing them get. That surprises me because you just got them for a very cheap fee. Then you sold them for a how much did you sell them for? It was a good amount. Between at least ten and twelve million, I think. Yeah, and when he played for you, he gave it his all, and I always thought he was a a, a really good player. And yeah. that's a, that surprised me why a few Celtic fans are booing him, you know. And he, he, he like right after the game, I, I thought he gave a, a decent post match interview, and he was praising Celtic support and stuff. So I found that very strange, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So some Celtic yeah. fans are just a toxic bunch. I think that's well established. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I will move on. We'll talk about Rangers and um, the, the Sparta Prague game. It was... Uh, before we actually get into the term, into the performance, we need to speak about Sparta Prague and their, their fans. Um, obviously, they had a stadium ban, Chris, and for some reason, UEFA thought, right, it'll be a good idea to let in 10,000 kids. And that completely backfired um, because anytime Glenn Kamara touched the ball, he got booed, and this was Glenn Kamara's first time um, playing a team from Prague since he was racially abused earlier on this year, you know, and um, 
what a sad state of affairs, Chris. Like some of the kids there were below 14. And the message obviously comes from somewhere that they're actually booing Glenn Kamara because he was racially abused. It's just really, really sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's not that you want to see. Like, um, who was it? Was that James Tavernier on his post match interview that he praised like, the idea of getting kids in, how important that is? And then just for that to happen, it's like, who's delivering this message like that that's the sort of acceptable thing to do like when a black player's got the ball that you boo them or that or like the whole thing with Andre Cadella from Slavia Prague like and, and the, the whole messed up part is like he plays for the cross, cross city rivals and I think there was actually like a wee kid like didn't look even that old probably primary school age like we're talking about the age of some of these kids and they had a sign and support of Cadell. It's like, how messed up that is that? Like they're supporting a guy who's plays for their arch rivals and backing them being a racist, basically. Yeah, no, I couldn't believe when I seen that. I was like, that, that country is so backwards. Like they are, I don't know, honest to God, like I just don't understand their logic. It baffles me, you know, like, like you see when I seen that sign, a guy, I don't know, a guy, a wee, a wee boy, with a sign that says Team Cadella, I was like, that, that that's so messed up, man. Like, for example, like, like they're meant to, like, for example, that's like Rangers fans coming out and supporting Lee Griffiths, if you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and hang on, so they're meant to be better rivals, but they're taking the side of one of their rival players for being a racist. I don't get it at all. And then I seen that interview on STV, it was with Peter A. Smith. He was conducting it with a Czech Republic um, a journalist, and he was pretty much effectively defending the Cadella incident, uh, uh, like uh, defending the Cadella incident. And I was like, "Oh, well, that, I don't, I just, I don't get it, Chris. I'm lost for words. <laughs> like, I just, it's just a, it's just a really tragic state of affairs. Just how they can turn a blind eye to racism and just imagine how rife it is over there, and you know. And I don't I, like. I, I don't know how a black player can feel comfortable going over there, where that kind of stuff is ongoing the way it is. You know. No, um, I think even England players. Well, obviously, after the Euro twenty twenty final, it was from their own fans. Like they basically says they knew what was coming. Um, Sad that it comes from some of their own fans at times, but um, we've seen when they went to Hungary, which is another country in the same neck of the woods where racism is a problem. In fact, did, did they not, Hungary not make have a ban for that game, but yeah. it somehow got overturned? And yeah. um, was it Ster- Sterling or I can't remember who, oh, but yeah. at least one of them was getting like bottles and coins and that, but looked like getting thrown at him when he was celebrating his goal in front of them. So yeah, it's really, really rife. Like that, just the old eye, old iron curtain countries. Like really backwards in terms of when it comes to racism. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Like, why are they like that still in twenty twenty one? Where like, why, why do they have that that mindset still? It just, it just boggles uh, the mind. Yeah. 
you know, and um, UEFA, yet again, just will turn a blind eye to this, you know, they, they, some of the punishments they give out for supporters and players even being racist are weak and pathetic, like, Cadella got a 10-game ban, that was it, now he's back playing football like it was nothing, you know, and he, he can move on, like, it, it, they're, they're not strict enough, you know, like, they should have, like, a, like, a zero-tolerance policy on racism, Chris, they should... If you're racist, like that's it, you're kicked out of the game. If like where they say show racism the red card, if you if they really believe that, genuinely show the racism the red card by kicking them out of football for life. You know, like uh, Slavia Prague should have got like kicked out of Europa League uh, last year. Like, I, I, like, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't want to be like oh. I want Rangers to be reinstated, no, because on the night they were, they were the better team, you know. But I think Arsenal should have just got a free pass to the semi final. Um, they should have got kicked out. They should never have been able to play against uh, Arsenal. And but when it comes to the European Super League, that's where UEFA really ramp up and uh, really like lose their minds, you know, and hand they want to hand out all sorts of ridiculous punishment, like no ridiculous but harsh punishments. But when it comes to racism, they they don't really care. Let's be honest, and I'm getting fired up talking about this. <laughs> no, you can understand why you're getting so uptight, angry about it. But um, yeah, it's like just so like good publicity. PR campaign, this show racism, the red card and the no to racism thing. It's all just to save face, really, isn't it? They're still a very corrupt bunch of UEFA. Yeah, and see Sparta Prague's statement. Oh, man, like, Slavia Prague and Sparta Prague are just, they're a different breed, man. Where They released a statement saying, leave our kids alone. Stop being harsh on our kids. They're not racist. And then you're like... Oh man, like I just like I just hope we never I, like I just hope we never need to play Slavia Prague or Sparta Prague again, man. Because it's just I just want them out of football. They're, I, 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 they're just scum. I'm being honest, Chris. They're actual scumbags. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you seen them, um, Gerard? He his comment on it was say. Uh, didn't really notice because he was too focused on the game. But if the fact came out that that is what was going on, then obviously completely condemned it. Should should be dealt with. But he even says that the, the big wigs, I can't remember the words, but words to the effect of um, basically the guys in charge don't care. No, they don't. They honestly don't, you know. And um, yeah, it, it, like that's this is going to go on and on and on unless you ever get a grip and actually deal with the matter. But as you said, Chris, they'll continue with our nonsense slogans, show racism, the red card, all this PR stuff to make them look good, you know, and uh, yeah, nothing will change, sadly. And uh, I don't know if uh, they will have any fans at Ibrox. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not because they'll be, uh, it'll just be like really toxic. And if we ever play Slavia Prague, Slavia Prague again, um, that will be see the security presence for that, especially for Cadella. Oh God, I, I, I would, it would not surprise me if um, he was told to stay in Prague and not come over here because the it would, he would. Oh God, it, I think it would be really bad for him to be honest. If Sutton and Lennon are security risks, eyebrows. Can you imagine Cadella? Oh no, I know. 
I know it would be it would be really bad for him, you know, like really bad. And um, but in terms of the performance, so um, I think it was bad. We didn't play well at all. Um, obviously, I'm missing some key players. Um, like obviously Ryan Kent, he he has a huge loss. Like Ryan Kent, um, he like because like I know he's not been great this season, but when he he's still a big part of our team along with Connor Goldson, I think he was the biggest miss. Um, we had uh, Calvin Bassey playing alongside Balligan uh, in defence, and our defence on the night was shambolic. You know, um, we were cut open far too easily. Um, our tempo throughout the whole night was very slow. Uh, we couldn't really create any clear-cut chances. Um, Sakala and McGregor were the only bright spots of the game, I think. Sparta Prague are a very bang-average side. Um, and the thing is, though, see if that ended 3 or 4 now with the chances they had, it would not have surprised me, but it was, I'm not even just saying this, they're not really anything special, you know, and we were just like, terrible on the night, we, um, Gwen Kamara, uh, obviously got a, a second yellow, which was never, a second yellow, like never, it was embarrassing, like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it baffled me when I seen that, you know, um, Ref did not have a good game at all. Um, but just like, especially seeing the wide areas, man, we're just lacking like pace and creativity. Um, so we had like no complaints. I've got no complaints on the result. Um, Bakuna got subbed off in the first half for Yanis Hadji. Um, I think Bakuna picked up a wee slight knock. Um, yes. So he did. And uh, Kamaru came off for Morelos later on in the game. I feel sorry for Alfie, man. I see a few Rangers fans like trying to criticise him this year. He's like, oh, he, he, he's not up to it. I don't, we don't like he cares. Nonsense. Alfie gives it his all every game, right? But he's getting absolutely no service whatsoever. Like, none at all. It, like, because you need, like, the thing is about Alfie, he needs, like, he can't do it all on his own, you know? Like, he needs service. He needs players, good players around him to provide him to get those opportunities, you know, and he's not had that all that much this year, you know, and yeah, lost our first two games, Chris. Um, so it's it's going to be tough for the remainder of the group. But yeah, you got any questions or thoughts? <laughs> How how's it standing up in your group? Obviously, for us, it's um, both Betis and Leverkusen are both on maximum points after the first two games, and we've got a double header against Ferenc Baros next. So, I think we we are definitely in like these next two games are must win. In fact, probably if we want out of this, we're probably going to, need to win out at this stage. Seeing as same um, best we can maybe hope for, same um, Leverkusen do the double over uh, Betis, and then if we do the double over Ferenc Baros, then. It could come down to that last game at Parkhead against Betis for getting out the group if it went as well as that. So, um, yeah, like Leon are top of the group. They're going to top it easily. They're, they're on six uh-huh. points. But Prague are on four. Bromby are on one. And we're obviously on four. Yeah, and then we're playing Bromby next. You know, that that's, uh, if I'm being honest, that's two must-win games. You know, I, 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 I do know what, in fact, do you know, it's Bromby... I'll, Point away from home, beat them at Ibrox. Sparta Prague, I'm I'm confident we can beat them at Ibrox, you know, because if we have all our big guns back, like Connor Goldston, Ryan Kent, etc., we can beat them, I, I reckon. Um, Leon, 
if we get a point away from home there, that would be huge, you know. But it's not over yet, but our, it's going to be tough for us. We've had a poor start. And I think if you finish third in this group, you drop into the conference. Uh, yeah, I wasn't too sure. I was going to ask you if you knew what the format was, but... Um, I think you do. Of, I think you do, yeah. Yeah, but... but yeah, yeah, you do. The, you, you definitely do. You drop into conference. Yeah, um, I don't know how the format works once you get in the conference, but I do know that... Um, I don't know if it's summer all group winners or getting a buy into the not the immediate next round, the round after that in Europa, and it'll be um, second place teams and maybe half the group winners or teams that drop down into Champions League wouldn't get a buy. How so? How would you feel if you Celtic dropped into the conference? Would you be like, well, at least we've got European football to look after, look look forward to? Sorry, after um, uh, Christmas. Well. But we added bonus. Um, obviously, Europe's hardly the priority this season, let's be honest. So, um, wouldn't be too disheartened if we didn't get it. It'd be a nice bonus, don't get me wrong, but I think definitely the focus is start getting a bit of a more consistent run in the league scene as we're really struggling in that now. Old firm conference final, Chris, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I... Tirana, here we come. <laughs> Imagine the scenes in Tirana. Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> like, if we were in the conference, I would still want us to take it seriously because at the end of the day, I don't care what anyone says. It's a European trophy, <laughs> you know, and I would be happy if we won it, to be honest. And I think I think we would take it seriously, you know. Um, and if you win the conference, you get an automatic spot in the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like, think- yeah, on you go. Yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, getting a Champions League spot um, would kind of uh, would help some other wee club out somewhere, like taking the spot or boosting like, whatever qualifying round they'd enter. Yeah, 100%. You know, and see this uh, Sunday against Hibs, mate, if I'm being honest, I'm not even saying this in a disrespectful manner. I am more worried about, see, see when I was remember playing using no firm, I was like, right, I think we'll get the job done. I wasn't all that worried. But going into a game against Hibs, I'm more worried about that than I was a Celtic game. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, um, I, this is going to be tough this Sunday. Like, tomorrow it's going to be tough. And, um, yeah, you must. Sorry, on you go. I was going to say, you must be buzzing that you'll be able to get to go. Obviously, the vaccine passports or touch-ons has been a bit of a shambles, so they're not going to be enforcing it at this game. It's a complete mess, isn't it? You know, like it's embarrassing. It is an absolute mess. Like, see the way it's going, Chris. I, it would not surprise me if they just scrap it all together. You know, like they they're just a complete laughing stock. You'd look down in England; they scrapped it because they're like, "How are we really going to work this?" You know, because England's population is like fifty-five million. Like, how we, how like stewards don't get paid enough to deal with. Like all these football fans who would be like drunk or whatever, and then they'd be like, "Nah, f you!" We're just like push past them, you know. They don't get paid enough to deal with that stress. So, who they re- and see what was it? They, they want to do spot checking. Yeah, ten thousand or something at like big events. <laughs> laughable man, like absolutely laughable. I, d- I don't know how anyone out there can put any sort of justification for it. <laughs> so embarrassing. Anyway, back to football. So, um, yeah, big game for you tomorrow. Um, Hearts are going top of the table as it stands by 
virtue beating Marvel, even if it is only for 24 hours. Yeah, it has started off really well, actually. Um, but in terms yeah. of uh, the game tomorrow, I would like... I said this to David in the uni chat. I would like us to start Mirellis up top, uh, outright have um, Scotty Wright, then out left Sakala, bags of pace out in the wide areas. That's something we've been lacking in recent games. And I feel as though Scotty Wright and Sakala would, would provide the service that Alfie's, Alfie's looking for, you know, and Scott, Scott Wright started the season well. He started really well, you know, like he's not afraid to take players on. He's quick. Um, he's got a good eye for getting the ball into the box, you know, and if we start uh, that front three, I would feel more confident, you know, because I, I love Kamar Roof, but see when you've got Kamar Roof and Aribo out in the wide areas, like I like Aribo, I think he's great out in the wide areas, you know, but so far this year, it's not really been gelling, you know, like out them out in the wide areas because they're not really creating a great deal of chances or not providing a lot of good service, you know, and they're kind of like getting played out. Well, Aribo's a natural right winger now, but Kamar Roof, yeah, he's more suited in the middle, I would say. Um, but yeah, like it's it will be it will be tough this Sunday, you know, and there, there are a lot of players out of form, and I don't I don't get why it's like maybe second season hangover. It's a, it's a real strange one. Uh, so it is. And um, hopefully Conor Golson's back um, this this Sunday because our defence really misses him. He's the rock of our defence. And Calvin Bassey, he might grow into that central defender role, but he, he just got badly exposed on, on Thursday night. Um, and, and, and I just want to touch on the spot of Prague goal, actually, um, when we go back to it. Why was nobody on the back post, man? Like, oh, schoolboy stuff. Like, if we had someone in the back post, that goal could have easily have been prevented. You, you seen Alan McGregor when, obviously, it was a good reflex reaction. I think if it wasn't for VAR, then by virtue of it not being there, if it wasn't there, then the naked eye, you couldn't really tell without, like, the cameras and technology, then would have probably got away with one. It was, like, a good reaction, but you, you can't beat the you can't beat technology unfortunately um so yeah it was a good reflex good reaction but uh yeah technology you're not going to escape that and but so it was as you said schoolboy error nobody been on the back post and it was the first thing McGregor looked for it was like who was meant to be on that back post no exactly I know and uh, I will say this actually right see John Lundstrom last two or three games. Plays well. Come into it. Mm-hmm. I like against Dundee. I know it was against Dundee, right? But he was best player in the park. He bossed the midfield. Very tidy with the ball. Good link up play. I was impressed. I was like, "Fair play, mate." You know, like, and I'm still sticking by what I said. I'm not writing him off just yet. I'm still giving him a chance. I'm not like these other Rangers fans who are like, "Oh, he's he's crap. Get him out. He's he's done. He's no good enough." Give him time. You know, a lot of football fans have these kind of knee jerk reactions. I, I kind of had it with Barisic at first when we signed him. I was like, he's crap, he's crap. He, the first season at Rangers, he was poor. Now look at him. Like, best left back in the country. Starts for Croatia every time he's been called up. You know, so, yeah, like, that's uh, that, uh, that. I learned from that, and I was like, right, I'm not going to just write players off, like, right away, you know. Um, but I think, like, just going to, like, touch on Celtic now, just very briefly, like, when you talk, talk about, like, Starfelt, 
I'm writing him off. Like any time I've seen him, he looks like a deer in headlights when he's trying to defend, and uh, he can't do the basic things right, you know, and like he can't do the, like the simple fundamentals of what a defender should do, you know. So yeah, I'm writing him off, but Lundstrom, I'm going to give him time. Uh, um, but he has impressed me the last uh, two or three games, that's for sure. Back to our game, obviously, um, the penalty incident um, in the second half. I think, um, a bit like in the first half, um, we started off a bit better, um, and then it was just like the opening goal kind of killed all momentum in the first half, and then second half we came out fighting and we had a few chances as well, and then it was, um, I thought it was, a well, from where I was sitting, I didn't, I only seen it in real time at first, um, so I was like, that's a brilliant block. And then we're still going, he's given the penalty, it must have come off his arm, but we didn't agree with the call at all. We're like, no way would that be in an unnatural position. So, yes, it did hit his arm, but I think we, what he was doing there, um, it's very hard to get your arm out the way um, by your side like that when you're sort of like a reflex reaction. So I think we were quite done out quite quite harshly on that one. Yeah, no, yeah, like it, when I seen it, um it was I was like, it's a bit harsh, you know, but it's one of those ones where I've seen them given. And yeah. there was there was no way he could really got and there's sorry, there's no way he really could have got his uh, arm out the out the way, you know. So it was just unfortunate, but I, it didn't really make a difference in the game to be honest. No, I don't think think it, the way we're coming at the second half of them maybe hoping we could have maybe got a point and that would have been a decent result at home against Leverkusen. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we would have got three goals in 45 minutes against them. Yeah, I not just... the way Fredeski uh, was playing. I was just saying not the way Fredeski was playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, i just seen Graham put in the Scots go chat as it stands by level with Celtic. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was waiting to bring that up. I, um, obviously... Hearts going top and then St Mirren. So, yeah, should we be competing with them for the top six spot? Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine if we didn't get a fourth old for them? Oh, imagine, man. Sky will be... Oh, mate, Sky would lose their minds, man. They'd, f- <laughs> they'd probably request the SPFL to do like, a friendly or something. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, yeah. I don't think it'll come to it, but I'm just joking about it. Imagine, like... And, it would mean Celtic fans would only get one old firm out their season ticket. Oh, I know, man. Like <laughs> that would be something, you know. Like, but see that you see in terms of like when you paid for like the two old firm games. Like you know, so when you pay for it, so that's like two old firm games where Celtic automatically assume right we're going to make the top six. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Obviously, it's not guaranteed, but I think it's basically implied. Like I can remember a few years ago joking about it when. We thought you maybe wouldn't make it at one point, but deep down we do. We still make it, but um, even at that, there could be a Old Firm Cup final the weekend before Christmas. Yeah, um, we've got Hibs in the semi, and you have Dundee United. St. Jo- St. Johnson. St. Johnson's on about St. Dundee United. Um, yeah. St. Johnson. have got St. Johnson, we've got um, Hibs. So, yeah. It's looking very likely it could be an old firm League Cup final. And I think the League Cup's going to be big for us, you know, because Gerard's never actually won a cup at Rangers. You know, his cup record, I'll be honest, it's terrible. You know, like we've only won uh, one trophy out of nine. 
of course, the the one that we won was the most important, you know. But yeah, yeah this year though, we need to do better in the cups. We need to, man. Like, because last year it was the way we were playing. We we're playing some really good stuff. I was like, we can do a treble here, and then we get beat off St. Mirren. And I was like, right, double at least, and then we get. But once we knocked Jews out, we're like, I was like, right, this is an easy pathway right. to the Scottish Cup final, and then we lose to St. Johnson on penalties. Still no watch that game back yet, and I'm never going to watch it back. Um, it was a real sore one, you know, but yeah, um, this year, at least I'll be I'll be very content with my double. Treble, I don't know. I don't know, just considering the way we're playing in that. Um, we're, we're winning games, but we're winning ugly, you know, and it's like so far this season, after like pretty much nearly every game, I'm like, thank God for that, you know, like... Yeah. I don't want to feel like that after every game. I want us to play the way we did last year, have that ruthless streak where we're like playing great stuff and just battering teams left, right, and center. We took like no prisoners at all. When they came to Ibrox or when we played them, we were like, we're no messing about here, you know? And then when we played against Motherwell the other week, that was the first time we dropped points at Ibrox in the league since we played Hamilton in 2020. Yeah, where before they- the first lockdown, yeah. Yeah. Um, for for me, the way we are playing just now, um, obviously, yous are just about getting the job done. Um, not much we can do about that. That's out with our control. But feels a missed opportunity for us at times. A bit like we could be like breathing down your necks if we one yeah. one away from home and what hadn't through that game away at Parkhead against Dundee United. So it's like. That would sort of like put the pressure on you if we could kind of get our shit together, so to speak, so sort of thing that Celtic look like they're starting to sort themselves out. We need to start winning more convincingly, or they could be trouble for us. That's what the way I look at it. Like, we are fortunate in the sense of like, yous have been pretty bad so far this season. We're lucky mm-hmm. about that, you know, because just say yous were firing uh, in all cylinders. We would be like, oh god, like we need this is this isn't good. Like Rangers fans would be worried, you know. But we are lucky that Celtic have been bad so far, and um, you obviously use like we've had a slow start, you know, um, and you just haven't really took advantage of us. Like when we drop points against Mullerwell and then drop points against um, Dundee United, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just. But what I was, what, um, I was going to like say to you. See, um, and then the next old firm game that could be like at Parkhead, that could be a real game changer for where the season, what season, uh, sorry, how the season will go, you know. And um, because if Rangers win that one, I think it's safe to say you're like, dish out the winner's medals, it, it's over, you know. Yeah, I'd agree. Plus, like, who knows what kind of form we are going to. Get going now. Obviously, it's starting to look a bit bad for Ange. I think um, what only one league win in the last four. Um, I think the significance of tomorrow's game, the reunion game with Bruni Petodri, can't be understated. But um, just looking at their league form, they've not got a win in their last five, and they've lost three in the trot. So, kind of should be there for the taking. Yeah, the base, yeah, they've not had a good start. But 
a form away from home. We've yet to win away from home in the league this season, so that's obviously the sort of red flag for me. I Celtic have not won away from home in the league in seven months. That's madness, man. Yeah. That is crazy. I try and downplay it a little bit by saying, like, the league was nearly over. There was only X amount of league games away from home after the split and then stopped for a few months and that. But the longer it goes on, it's in the more that time frame extends by like another month, it doesn't make for good reading, not for a team like Celtic. No, it does not at all, you know. And uh, can you imagine if Scott Brown scored tomorrow? I What, what does he do? Like, he... Can he really celebrate? Does he do oh, the No, he scored last week actually against St Johnson, so he did. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't see him celebrating, you know, but it's going to be weird, man. It's going to be so weird seeing Scott Brown playing against Celtic. It's going to be just—it's it's just a pure strange thing, <laughs> like him wearing Aberdeen colours and he's playing against Celtic, and if he scores, it would be like the most. Bizarre thing ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just wonder in general what sort of reception he'll get from the travelling support if he'll go over to them at any point or anything. I think, see, because he's at Aberdeen now, and I, I can imagine he wants he wants to be like, like completely, like focus on Aberdeen. He'll probably give Celtic the Celtic fans a like a wee clap and that. But mm-hmm. he won't be like going over, like right over to them. I don't think so. Especially no. if Aberdeen get beat, you know. Like obviously he's going to be going to be a Celtic legend for forever, you know. And Celtic fans adore him. Um, but he's at Aberdeen now. He's an Aberdeen player. He's not going to be like lapping up with Celtic fans and all that, you know. Like he, his mindset tomorrow is right. Uh, he's like, oh, I love Celtic, but I want to beat them tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. I need to be professional. We need to get the job done here. I'm going to. Like be like me, I would not surprise me like if he was doing his usual wind up wind up antics that he done when he was playing at Celtic against other teams, you know, because he's there to get the three points for Aberdeen. Aye, um, fact you touched on that. I love Celtic all that. I want to beat them. Um, a little bit of parallel in the NFL, obviously. Tom Brady now with my Buccaneers. He's going back to New England tomorrow night. Oh, is he? With is, Patriots, is he? yeah. Yeah, and he says uh, he's got friends in that locker room, but he knows he wants to kick their butt this weekend. So, aye, so yeah. interesting Sunday for those two games. Yeah, that's it. That's the way it should be, man. Like, you need to, like, need to be professional. And um, doesn't matter about your loyalties to a previous club. When you're playing for another club and you're playing against the team that you've got great history with, you need to go out there. And the job that's your 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 job is. You need to go out and beat them, you know. And um, as I said, it would not surprise me if Brown was trying to go to Celtic players tomorrow. <laughs> it really would not, you know, because it seems like when he when that whistle goes, he's like, right, I'm going for it now, you know. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to wind everyone up to benefit my team and try and get someone sent off. Can you imagine that if he got like Cal McGregor sent off over something stupid? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> how would you feel about that? <laughs> I'd be like, you, be. <laughs> I, I know, and then I'll be like, Chris, now you know how I feel. <laughs> now you know how I feel from that <laughs> game two years ago where he got Morella sent off. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> yeah, but I remember that game two years ago against um, 
Celtic apart Ked. It was just this was this was when Morelos was just so immature, you know. And I think he got I think that season he got like five red cards. And credit to Morelos, see since that game, he's matured so much. You know, he's not done anything really stupid since then. Um Sarah, that that was just that, that game oh, just scurred me because he like and it scurred Gerard when Morelos got sent off. You seen Gerard with his hands in his face, like oh no, man, no again. Because that that game pretty much won you the title effectively because we had to go there and win that if we had any chance of staying in the title race. Then you beat us, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been impressed with Morelos sort of straightening his attitude out and turning a new leaf, so to speak. Yeah, no, 110%, you know, and I just find it, like, really weird, the agenda some of the pundits uh, in the media have against Morelos. I don't understand it. Like, remember when Morelos got sent off in the 2-1 game um, Mm -hmm. at Christmas time, and he done the mad, like, cutthroat gesture, or whatever it was. No, sorry, that's what they thought he'd done. It was a cutthroat gesture when it wasn't. He was basically saying, time's up, time's up. You know, and then they were trying to twist the narrative by they were trying to say, "Oh, he's it, it, what a horrible gesture!" He's telling Celtic fans to go like cut their throats. No, he wasn't. It was. Then you look back at all the old tweets, like from Michael Stewart and Sutton about it, really going in hard on Alfredo Morelos. But see, when it comes to Lee Griffiths, all the stuff he's done, silence, nothing, and you're just like, "What's your agenda here?" I'm not trying to. I, like accuse you of anything here, but what's your agenda? Why are you picking on Alfredo Morelos when he's nothing but a good human being who does a lot of good stuff for charity back in Colombia? But then you get someone like Lee Griffiths who's done a lot of questionable stuff. Um, it's a bit weird. Yeah, we're talking about the Czech Republic. Is there a bit of that involved in it? Sorry, what? The Czech Republic? Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. races that come into yeah. play. Do you think that could be part of the know. agenda? I, no, I don't know, Chris. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to accuse anyone. Of anything. I don't want to speculate. No, it's... yeah, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything. But all I'm saying is, that's what I'll say on it. I just find it a bit weird how they're picking on Morelos all the time. If he does like this, the most smallest thing, they blow it out of proportion. But Lee Griffiths, who's a train wreck of a human being, um, he's been racist in the past. We know what happened in the summer. Um, he, yeah, and he gets, like, a free pass in the media. No one says anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Bit strange, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and you go? I was just saying a couple of results for starting to go final. Oh, is it? Um, I have a wee look just now. Um, see. Hearts have beat Motherwell 2 now and St. Johnson have won against Dundee. So, so that's a good result for St. Johnson. Chris came with two goals. Um, I was like, St. Mirror are going to beat Livy. Graham will be posting all sorts in the chat tonight. You'll be absolutely wrecked. See, when they beat Aberdeen last week, he went up to garage the absolute train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Liam Boyce is some player, man. Honestly, I really like him a lot. Hearts are lucky to have him. He's a really good goal scorer. And I was surprised yeah. they kept him last year, man, when Hearts won the championship. So I remember um, a few years ago, back in 2017, mate, I wanted Liam Boyce at Rangers. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been out of place there at that point. 
No, not at all, man. Not at all, mate. Like, um, I rate him a lot. And, um, like, honestly, I'm, mate, Hearts have not lost a game. They love Hibs. I'm forgetting that, aye. I'm forgetting that, aye. I, I, I say it on the pod, and I don't care if I sound like I'm repeating myself. Hearts fans are idiots for wanting rid of Robbie Nielsen last year. He is a very good coach, and now you're seeing why. Five wins, three draws undefeated. What more could you want, man? What more can the Hearts fans want? And then you've got actually him sitting third. Um, That's also unbeaten. Mate, how do you feel knowing that Celtic are sitting six in the league? I know it's seven games in, but it's just... It's a weird <laughs> eight, eight points are just the top, so it's not where I wanted to be. I didn't expect to be like... Obviously, I think things will balance themselves out over time and Rangers will end up not running away with it like last year, but comfortable, I would say. And I did want to be within like, a few points of it and that, but... Um, yeah, sitting um, after seven going on eight games and we've only got ten points out of three defeats, which is only two less than we got all of last season. The As bad a season as that was, it doesn't make for good reading. No, it does not at all. Um, so, um, I was going to say that. Tomorrow, um, prediction against Aberdeen. Um, you know what, I'll say... Two one to Celtic. Two one Celtic. I'm going to say one each. I'm going to be one each. Um, and I think Celtic's drought away from home in the league will continue. And um, I feel as though Postacoglu will be very snappy in his post-match uh, interview tomorrow. And see his post-match uh, interview um, on the on Thursday. He looked so deflated. Yeah, so I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, he, that's, the, that's the lowest I've seen him. Yeah, he just looked completely deflated. Didn't know where to start. He's just his head was bowed like at the start of the interview, and he was just like, <sighs> "Yeah," because usually seeing some of his post-match uh, interviews, he's quite articulate in the, the way he speaks and that. He just says it how it is, but. See, in his post-match uh, interview on Thursday, it was like he looked so deflated and he was like, I've got a huge job in my hands here, man, like a huge job. And one thing I just find laughable how Celtic fans always constantly blame the board for everything. Yes, the situation behind the scenes isn't ideal whatsoever, you know, but like, come on, man, like you can't keep like blaming the board. They backed him with money. Postacoglu needs to take some sort of accountability at some point, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can only blame the board for so much. They can only back the manager so far. Um, it's not going to suit everybody's sort of taste how much back the board given that, but um, he's got the resources there. As you've touched on, is he just been too stubborn, not wanting to play? the style of play that the players that is disposable capable of playing at. So, yeah, he's just got to take some accountability at some point. And I think fans are, some fans are sort starting to sort of realise that and starting to sour a little bit on him. Yeah, I know. Because um, it's, it's, it's fine and dandy to like, blame the board all the time. But come on, like Celtic have had a horror of a start, let's be honest. Lost three games. 
uh, and they've uh, drawn one, I think. That's not good reading for an old firm manager at all. Like, like the fact that Pedro Cassina had a better start than Postacoglu says it all, you know. And like, there, I think there should be more scrutiny and criticism for Postacoglu. I, I, I found it funny the other day, Chris Sutton was like, um, oh, Postacoglu inherited, inherited an absolute mess. But see, when Cassina got sacked, I remember he'd done a video four years ago saying, oh, the Rangers are a complete mess, Cassini's a laughing stop, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, four years ago, like, you were absolutely lambasting Cassini. But now you're like, oh, back post a cogler, you know, like, inherited a mess, give him time. You're like, bit double standard, but you're a bit of a hypocrite, aren't you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's very much one of the pundits. It's Chris Sutton. I know, and then next week it's international break. <laughs> Oh, I hate it, man. I hate it. Who's Scotland got in the national break again? Uh, we've got Israel at home. Um, and then we got Moldova away this window, or is it the Pharaohs away? Um, um, I'll double check. Pharaohs away. In, but, um, yeah, the Israel at home, it's going to be the first sellout at Hamden. And I don't know how long. Um, certainly under Steve Clark, it's the first sellout. Obviously, COVID played a bit of a part of that. Um, but yeah, these are well, the Israel games very much must win. Um, Pharaohs, you'd imagine we should take them at home, but and then even going into the next window next month away to Moldova, we didn't play great against Moldova, we just kind of did enough to get it done. But you've got to be thinking. Take, take these three games, then we could have that playoff spot just about secured by the time we play Denmark in that last game at Hamden. Yeah, fingers crossed, Chris. Fingers crossed we can do it, you know. But um, obviously, there won't be a pod next week due to international break, but we will be back the, the following week, ready and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, we'll do the full-time results and we'll shoot off, Chris. Uh, Dundee United beat Ross County 1-0. Hearts beat Mallow 2-0. St Mirren beat Levy 1-0. And St Johnson beat Dundee 3-1. And obviously, we're playing Hibs tomorrow. We'll get. Uh, I'm going to, obviously, I think it'll be 2-1. Um, and uh, it'll be my, if we, we don't win that, that'll be, oh, God, I think there'll be more scrutiny on Rangers if we don't get the job done tomorrow. But um, I'm just... We need to cut. We need to upper. We need to really upper performances and start playing the way we did last year. Start up the tempo, and just stop the just the constant bypassing the slow sluggishness. It's just not working, you know. And um, but is there anything else, Chris, you want to add before we shoot off? Eh, no, I was just going to say, um, big game Rangers tomorrow. Um, I think that probably will get the job done. It won't be easy for them, but. Uh, yeah, I think Kibbs' unbeaten run will come to an end. Rangers will be back and top tomorrow afternoon. Oh, fingers crossed, Chris. Fingers crossed. So, hope you enjoyed the show, guys. And uh, until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.